0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Years ago, I visited my brother in Thailand, and after that first long day of sightseeing, I returned to his apartment and I put up my feet. Maybe it was a couch, a pillow, I don't know, an ottoman, but it was a chance to give my achy feet a rest. But then I learned a very important cultural lesson. Put your stinky feet down. Don't stick them up in the air like that. Don't point them at others. You see, in Thai culture and in many other cultures around the world, respect and dignity start up at the top, at your head, where it's the highest, and it goes all the way down. It ends at your feet. Our feet are considered lowly and dirty. And in our gospel reading from John chapter 13, we have this unique window into the cultural practices of Jesus' time. We hear about Jesus and the dirty feet of his disciples. On this Maundy Thursday, as we approach Good Friday and Easter, this episode of foot washing during supper it sounds out of place. It feels a bit Insignificant, knowing what's coming around the corner. You see, Jesus' crucifixion, a few more days, that cross is a worldwide symbol of Christianity. Nobody's wearing a pendant of feet. So on this Thursday evening, with the shadow of the cross just over the horizon, why listen to this story of lowly, dirty feet? Why is this story, the one that Samantha read? Why is this story the one that Christians read every year the day before Good Friday, before the crucifixion? This passage, this episode of foot washing is so much more than a unique cultural touchstone, a unique cultural practice for Christians. Because this passage shows how Jesus loves us, but it also shows how much Jesus loves us. Through this foot washing, Jesus shows us that he loves us like no one else can. In our first scripture reading from Exodus 12 that Joshua read for us, we hear the snippet of God's instruction about that first Passover meal, when God delivered the nation of Israel from slavery and brought them out of Egypt. If you need a refresher on that, about Passover and its significance, Tyler preached about that a few weeks back, and it's on YouTube. And so we hear every household, they are commanded to celebrate Passover. You shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Passover, this national holiday. And even today, Passover is the most widely celebrated Jewish holiday. And so Jesus, his disciples, they follow all the Jewish customs and laws, and they celebrate this annual feast together. In the Gospels, Jesus has celebrated Passover many other times, but this time is different. In John chapter 13, this time is different because Jesus knew that he would leave his disciples. He would depart from the world and he would return to his Father in heaven. This was the last time he would celebrate Passover. Actually, the last time he would celebrate any meal with his disciples. So knowing that this is his last meal with them. What did Jesus want them to know? What was his last message for them? Well, we know from that first few verses that Jesus wanted to tell them that he loved them to the end. He wanted to show them that he loved them completely. And the way that he showed his best friends, his closest followers that he loved them, the way that Jesus shows that he loves them is by washing their feet and if some of you are familiar, there, there are so many other ways that Jesus could have shown or said how, that he loved them. If you know the, the five love languages, Jesus had spent three years of quality time together. He said he could have said so many words of affirmation, given them gifts, physical touch like a hug or a pandemic fist bump. But Jesus chose this act of service to show his love, this act of washing their feet And we're probably got some ick factor about washing feet, about feet in general. Thai culture, Canadian culture, and many cultures around the world, we have this inherent aversion to feet. And the same thing applied in Jesus' time. Slaves and servants, they were often given this task of washing the dusty and dirty feet of dinner guests. Washing feet was the most menial job reserved for the lowest rank in my family perhaps in yours you know in unionized jobs in most cultures almost anywhere we know that seniority status rank they matter and sometimes they're the only thing that matter and so his disciples called Jesus their teacher and their lord for that is what he is and Jesus definitely knew his rank Jesus had come from God and he was going to return back to the father so he knew his rank he knew his position And knowing all this, he got up after supper, took off his outer robe, and began to wash the feet of his disciples. Jesus loved them so much that he was willing to go on hands and knees and love them with this most menial task, this act of service. Jesus wanted to show them how he loved them. This how of his love was concrete. The how was this act of service. For Jesus, foot washing was an expression of humility, but it was also a sign that pointed to his crucifixion to come, of his death in a even more humiliating way possible. Jesus shows that his love, this this love is an act of service, that Jesus, his love is humble, that his love goes on hands and knees, that his love is obedient even to humiliation on a cross. So that's the how, how Jesus loves us, loving us in action, loving us to the end, loving us to death. But there are two details in this foot washing episode that I want to highlight, two details that show us not the how, but the how much Jesus loves us. The big detail is familiar to most of you if you've heard this story before. It's Peter, the favorite disciple of most people that they know of. And Peter, he rejects this act of service. Peter won't allow Jesus to humiliate himself. Peter won't allow his teacher, his master, to stoop down like that. But in order to have his share with Jesus, in order to belong in relationship with Jesus, his closest friend, He relents, and Jesus washes his feet. This is the same Peter who Jesus predicts at the end of this chapter. He predicts that Peter will deny him three times. But Jesus washes his feet. Jesus serves and loves Peter, who turns out to be a fair-weather friend. Jesus loves Peter so much that he goes on hands and knees even when he knows that Peter will abandon him When he needs him most. This is a very interesting detail to consider that Jesus washes Peter's feet with full knowledge of that impending denial. But there's a smaller detail, and perhaps it's a more amazing detail, is that Jesus washed the feet of Judas. Jesus serves and loves Judas, his betrayer, the traitor, the turncoat. A fair-weather friend is one thing. You know, someone who bails on you when you need them most. But even worse is having someone in your inner circle. A close friend who switches sides and betrays you. But Jesus washes both of their feet. He loved both of them. Jesus loved them literally from head to toe. You might be considering your family and your friends and who you might be willing to die for who you might be willing to sacrifice yourself. And if it's someone close, maybe it's someone you love, you know, a child, a spouse, a parent maybe. But if that child, that spouse, that parent, if they denied you, if they betrayed you, that willingness to die for them, that sacrifice, that probably quickly changes. So Jesus shows us that his love is so unique in this way so different from any other love that we can know of. He shows us that his love is deeper than the love of a parent, deeper than the love of a spouse. Jesus shows how much he loves us, because he died, and he died for Peter, who would deny him. Jesus loved and died for Judas, who would betray him. And there isn't anything, any thought or action that can stop Jesus' love. Jesus loves you even when you betray him. Jesus loves you when, if and when you deny him. Jesus loves you even with the darkest, coolest thoughts in your mind. Perhaps it's those dark wishes of that child kicking your airplane seat. Maybe it's the cruel dreams that you have of abandoning your parents. Or for those with teenagers, that wish, that silent wish that your teenagers would be mute and never talk back. Jesus loves you even with that. Jesus loves you with all your flaws, the ones that you even hide from yourself. Jesus loves you, loves us to the end, to the bitter end. He loves us completely head to toe. And this love that goes to the bitter end This love that loves completely, this is the love that Jesus commands us to practice and show one another. Jesus shows how he loves us and he shows how much he loves us because this is the basis of his new commandment. It's where we get the word Maundy for Monday, Thursday. In Latin, maundatum novum, a new commandment. And this foot washing on Maundy Thursday is a tiny capsule that illuminates this whole, this new commandment. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And it's only after we experience how Jesus loves us and how much Jesus loves us, it's only after knowing and experiencing Jesus' love that we can start to show that love to others. Sacrificial love, this love that Jesus commands, it's so difficult because, as the biblical scholar Gallo Day writes, there are two dimensions of Jesus' foot washing. It models service and discipleship, but service and discipleship are possible because to participate in the foot washing is to participate in the expression of Jesus' love that leads to his death. Service is the how. It's the how, the acts of compassion, how we love one another. But discipleship is the how much of love. It's Jesus' love to the bitter end. Discipleship for those who follow Jesus, this is discipleship that obediently follows Jesus on the path that leads to the death of ourselves and the death of our self-interest. So as I close, I invite you to enter into this narrative. Maybe go home and read John 13 again on your own. Enter into the scene at supper with Jesus. Maybe imagine yourself as one of the disciples, one of the characters. Are you Peter? Are you so sure of yourself? Maybe you don't want Jesus to come near your feet. Maybe you don't want Jesus to come near any of your flaws. You won't allow Jesus to stoop down to humiliate himself to wash the dirty parts of your life. Maybe it's a bit harder. Are you Judas? Maybe you're not yet convinced about Jesus and you're about to walk out and betray him. Maybe you have unanswered questions and it looks like it's time to walk away. Or maybe you're just one of the other disciples around the table. You're still trying to understand. You're grappling with the how and the how much of Jesus' love for you. Whoever you imagine yourself to be, a denier, a betrayer, or just a confused follower, Jesus loves you to the end. Jesus loves you completely. So I invite you over these next three days, as we go deeper into the quietness and solemnness of this night, and on Good Friday as well, to sink into the depths and reflect on Jesus' love for you. And as you reflect and experience Jesus' love that goes through the cross, that goes through his death and suffering, reflect about how Jesus loves you. Reflect about how much Jesus loves you. But also consider those that betray you, those that deny you, Jesus loves them too. Jesus loves them to the end. Jesus loves them completely all the same. And just as Jesus has loved you, how might you love them? Maybe this is the weekend where you reach out to someone who has betrayed you, someone who has denied you. Nothing you can do can betray Jesus' love for you. Nothing you can do can deny Jesus' love for you. And Jesus is the only person who can love you from head to toe, who can love you completely, who can love you to the bitter end. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would show us how much you love us. Remind us that you love our best parts, but also our worst, our lowest parts. You love us from head to toe. Remind us that you loved your closest friends and disciples. You also love those who betray you, those who deny you. You love all of us in between. Jesus, thank you for your love. And we pray this in your name. Amen.